This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi guys, no, 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 no. Yes, I did that. And you would do it too, Quache. What is this? A face? What is this? A boop? Oh my God. Facebook. I just did Welcome to Don't Let This Flop, a podcast about internet culture brought to you by Rolling Stone. Where two smart people talk about the dumbest shit that happened online this week. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm AJ Dixon. I wanted to lead off this week with an update from Fourth of July weekend from last episode. Because we were talking about the Minions last week with Rebecca Jennings. And Brittany, did you spend your Fourth of July weekend seeing Minions, The Rise of Gru? Somehow I doubt it. but No, but I did see one of those planes fly by with like a giant banner over Reese Beach that had like a Minion ad. And everyone laughed. Everyone was very excited. I think that's because the minions are becoming cool again. Yeah. I think that's what's happening. Like last week, kind of the subtext of the episode last week was that the minions have become shorthand for like internet dweebery slash lamosity. But and now apparently they're cool again, thanks to the gentle minions trend. Yeah. Have you seen this like on TikTok? Is that where people dress up or is that something different? It's where they dress up in like full, all these teen boys, like hordes of teen boys dress up in full formal wear and go see the Minions movie. I saw, I didn't realize it was like gentle Minions, but like I did see a bunch of photos of that and a bunch of tweets about it. And I saw one video last night where these guys like drank like whiskey and then went to go see Minions in their suits. Yeah, it appears to be totally organic. It's just something that kind of has taken off on TikTok since it opened July 1st. And it's, it's even resulted in many theaters showing... Minions, the rise of Gru, let's refer to it by its Christian name, I suppose, (laughs) to ban teens in formal wear going to screenings and giving refunds to other patrons because they're being too disruptive. Really? Which is kind of, yeah, if it was like the point, right? That doesn't sound very gentle. It doesn't doesn't, sound very gentle. Yeah, I mean, I think the issue, I think they're just scared of teen boys in groups, honestly, which I understand because I am too. You know what movie I was once asked politely to leave with my friends? Which movie? She's the man. No, no. (laughs) Okay. It's worse. It was 2006. Okay, two thousand six. We just graduated eighth grade, and a group of my friends and I went to the AMC in Cherville, Indiana, and we went to a matinee screening of The Breakup, starring Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. Good movie. <laughs> and we were so loud that the like multiple old people there got really mad and asked the people to tell us to leave. As if there's some sort of threshold of solemnity that that movie like, affords. Sometimes just. You just got to get rowdy during a Jennifer Aniston, Vince Vaughn film. That was my gentle minions trend. They loved it. I'm sure they loved it. The patrons. They should have loved it. We were entertaining. I'm sure you were funny. I'm sure you said funny things. I think I was probably hilarious. The only movie that I've gotten kicked out of was actually a porn theater. (laughs) (laughs) It was the old porno theater on Kings Highway. If you've ever been there. I think I it's closed now. Existed. It was the last porno theater in New York for really for like 10 years. Yeah. And we went there once and I was profoundly uncomfortable. But my friends 
like we all brought like rum daiquiris and we're having like a, a grand old time. And my best friend started going up to the screen and like <laughs> pretending to fuck the guys in the gay porn. And, <laughs> and the guy was like, you guys have to leave. And I was like, fair, because we were ruining the perverts good time. And isn't that the point? Much like seeing the breakup starring Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn, isn't the point to be a little rowdy? And same with the minions. At a porno theater? Yeah. <laughs> or, I don't think at a porno theater that's the point. Okay, everyone wants <laughs> privacy all the sudden at the porno theater. I think the porno theater, the point is a little bit different. But yes, yeah. I think that at the breakup and at the minions, the rise of Gru, the point is to be disruptive and rowdy and to have right. a good time. I'm happy about this. There's nothing wrong with this. It's great. There's nothing wrong. I support everyone being rowdy at the Minions. Me too. So let's bring back Flop or Not. Flop. So it's this new segment that we're, we're doing where we're trying trends on the internet and give our two honest reviews. And this is our only second time doing this. And it's another gross, quote unquote, healthy drink that we are chugging. So that's unfortunate for both of us. Okay, so I'm very late to this trend um, of trying the internal shower, which is water, chia seeds, and lemon. I've seen everybody do it. It's great for getting things moving, digestion. So you've likely seen at least one video in the last month for something called the internal shower. It was touted originally by celebrity nutritionist Daryl Jeffrey, and this three-ingredient concoction is meant to help do what the name states and completely clean out your system, and it benefits, like, constipation and reducing inflammation and bloating. It's essentially just meant to make you shit a lot. So it's a very goopy looking drink and it's just water, two tablespoons of chia seeds and juice from half a lemon. After you combine those ingredients, you're supposed to let sit for about five minutes and that allows the chia seeds to get large and gross and then you drink it all in one sitting. So there's been some debate over how quickly it works. Some influencers claim they ran to the bathroom immediately, but most said that the the shower didn't really start showering until about 12 <laughs> hours later, especially if they took it before bed. Most TikTok nutritionists agree that while the effects are real because chia seeds are heavy in fiber and fiber helps you poop, it's not worth drinking that gross-ass drink. There are other ways to include chia and fiber in your diet. I sprinkle some in my morning smoothie. Like, there's, there's ways to do it that taste better. Others have warned that if you're not drinking enough water with all this fiber, it's going to give you severe stomach cramping, which some people had when they had this. So, like, make sure that if you're interested in trying the internal shower for whatever reason, just make sure you're drinking enough water and are super hydrated on top of consuming like two tablespoons of pure chia seeds. So EJ's about to try it. Made it this morning. Is it supposed to look like you just dumped a full everything bagel in there? Yeah, it looks disgusting. Okay. So I tried this drink last week because we originally were going to do this last week, but then I was committed to doing it because I had just gotten off of a 15 hour travel day. And I was like, this is, if any time is the right time to try an internal shower, it's after getting off a 15 hour travel day from Europe. And then I tried it again last night. I will say it tasted disgusting and it didn't do anything last time. Like, I don't know. I feel like I, did, I wasn't rushing to the bathroom any more than I usually do after my morning coffee, you know? Mm -hmm. So nothing really happened for me last time. And nothing's happened yet this time. Are you supposed to have like a normal poop? There was one video I saw. This guy was just like, he like recorded himself on the toilet. And it was just the nastiest sound. Like he was just like explosive diarrheaing all over his toilet. I don't want to do that. The internal shower. I, I don't know. I don't want to do that either. But like, I haven't done it. It hasn't happened. It hasn't worked for and you. And I like, okay. I ruined my digestive system this weekend. So this would be a good time to to shower it out. So I was just kind of like, let me just try this. But I was fine. Like it wasn't, I thought that after 
like the travel day, I would need it, but it didn't really do anything different. It was hard to be like, this was the, it was hard to look at it as cause and effect, internal shower, helping clear out my I'm system. drinking this now. It's just like crunchy water. Crunchy? Yeah, because there's just seeds like suspended. It looks like I dumped a full on everything bagel in here. Mine was like, it was like goopy. Like it was like gel-like. Like it tasted like a bunch of like mini boba. What kind of seeds are you using? Black chia seeds. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's like a little crunchy, a little goopy. Yeah. It's like not my favorite. And yeah. if I have violent diarrhea in 12 hours, then there's going to be a lawsuit. I'll you tell could you have that violent much. diarrhea in 20 minutes. We don't know. Yeah. In the middle of himbo. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> violent, splashy diarrhea. <laughs> like the opposite of ASMR. <laughs> It works for someone, probably. <laughs> Is it safe from what you've been able to, like, glean? There's nothing, like, excruciatingly weird about it. Like, in the same way that the balsamic Coke situation, like, those are all ingredients that are perfectly fine for you combined. Like, you're not adding anything that's you're not supposed to have in your diet. But, like, you just need to make sure you're hydrated. Because if you're as- adding extra fiber to your diet... It can dehydrate you if you're like clearing out your system to not have a lot of water. So that's the only thing that they were adding was just like, it's not necessary to like consume this much fiber at once, but like you should just be drinking water, which is no more than you should be doing in your day. Anyway, it's hot out like you should be hydrated. But like that was all the tips from all the nutritionists who also offered some like alternative versions of this if people are worried about fiber intake or want some type of like detoxifying drink but yeah just drink water with it but there's nothing wrong with like consuming this it's like water chia seeds and lemon like there's nothing weird about that i think it's working are you feeling it a little bit oh no (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's move on to straight people i guess straight People. So welcome to Straight People, where we talk about the exploits of heterosexual people on the Internet. We've been discussing how to talk about last week's Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. And honestly, we struggled with it a little bit, like in part because this is an Internet culture podcast and we wanted to figure out a way in like you guys hadn't heard before. That isn't just like straight up horrible and, and depressing, but also like it's just such a dark time for everyone. And we try to keep this fairly light by talking about shitting and himbos and conspiracy theories about the queen. But then Brittany sent me this video of a straight man I personally would have previously considered probably like an anti-choice Trumper. He's the guy that we've discussed many times on this podcast. Yeah. Taking a stand for reproductive rights. So proud of him. Yeah. So we wanted to use the segment as an opportunity to discuss the surprising straight men taking a stand against Roe v. Wade being overturned. And just a fair warning, they're going to get progressively worse and worse and worse. So much worse. So, so much, much worse. worse. <laughs> I feel like, and I learned about each of these in order. Like, I, I think I said all of these to you. And yes. each time I was like, not this. Like, genuine shock. Genuine shock. The last one is, I don't think I've ever been more surprised by anything in my entire life. For so many reasons. I was gagged. I was gagged. I was gooped. I was bewildered. So, like, call this the worst person you know just made a good point. So, as I first mentioned, one of the people who has spoken out against Roe v. Wade being overturned is former Himbo of the Week Thorin Bradley, who is best known for his extremely horny videos featuring himself making sexual noises while chopping wood. Uh Uh-uh. 
He was the star of our old game. Did a himbo Mm -hmm. tweet this or Donald Trump? He's got a tendency to say some pretty cringe things on social media. And he has like a flag tattoo or like an eagle and a flag tattoo or something. He has some kind of like patriotic seeming tattoo. He could not look more Trumpy. He really could not. He could not look more Trumpy. Made in a MAGA factory. Made in MAGA factory. Like says really weird things about like fat people and like self-control yeah. And like just really like off- and like really offensive things like the kind of thing that like fitness influencers say to sort of like brand themselves because that's what essentially what he is, is he's a fitness influencer and they all yeah. kind of skew very like personal responsibility, very like blamey, very shamey. It's not good. Yeah. But he did recently come out on TikTok with a statement in support of the right to procure a safe and accessible abortion. And it was very clear and strong. If you were just now following my page because you recently learned about my opinion, not opinion, belief in a woman's right to choose, then I actually owe you an apology. An apology that there was even an inkling or a doubt in your mind that I would feel any other way. He, yeah, he was very much like, if you don't agree with this, please unfollow me. Like, he got a lot of fans who probably presumed, much like we had, that he would not be pro-choice. And a lot of those fans were, were pretty upset. It was a big risk for him to do something like this. Yeah, and I think what I love most about it is that he stays very much a himbo at heart. Like, he goes on in the clip to imply that he's qualified to discuss this because of his education and degree in exercise physiology, which is yeah. honestly one of the funniest things I've ever heard. It's like, okay, man, thanks. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're a doctor who has decided this. Exercise physiology doctor. <laughs> doctor Thor. He's wearing like a backward baseball cap and his goatee yeah. is perfectly trimmed. Like he just looks like he's at Senior Frogs, honestly. Yeah. But it's all good yeah. because he came out for what he believed in and he's proven us at DLTF wrong and proved that himbos can indeed be supportive, multidimensional kings. I'm proud. I'm proud of him. I'm, I'm very proud of that. him. And I think like this has been the bigger issue is that I think with a lot of like straight cis men are not standing up and saying anything like especially famous men. But I mean, I think in a lot of people's friend circles, they're not saying a lot. And so I think for him, a prime himbo well thirsted after himbo to say that was very important. I think that's right. It gives a lot of visibility to the himbo supporters of reproductive rights movement. Yes. All right, but the next one is It is getting progressively worse. This is... Yes. I would say this guy is definitely worse than Thorne Bradley. Absolutely. Unequivocally. It's Dave Portnoy, the founder of Barstool Sports. He's not a good guy. Like, I want to be clear about this. Some of his employees have accused him of fostering a toxic work environment. He's been accused of sexual misconduct Mm -hmm. in a Business Insider expose, which he's vehemently denied. And he's got an army of toxic fanboys who he sicks on anyone who even remotely criticizes him. He sucks. He sucks. But he has been really vocal about supporting a woman's right to choose. And he has done this at considerable, like, personal expense, I would say, because his audience probably by and large skews centrist or conservative. Yeah. I mean, he was very much like, I'm not like the closest follower of Barstool stuff or anything that he's done other than like the especially shitty stuff. I know he interviewed Trump. I just remember the interview. I remember he did that, but I couldn't really tell like where he stood because it seemed like he was fairly apolitical. But I don't know. I don't follow him that closely. I just knew he sucked. Neither do I. But like my impression is that he's the kind of guy he's very like Musk adjacent. In that he doesn't like have, he's very much like a personal choice 
like libertarian yeah. leaning. That's my impression, though. Like he's not the kind of guy who's going to come out either way, like on any side of the political spectrum. But yeah, uh, unless he, politics. Yes, that's the vibe that he gives off, at least. But in a video he posted called Emergency Press Conference, We Are Going Backwards, he comes out as staunchly and unambiguously pro-choice. Again, and- I, I was shocked. I was shocked when I saw this video. To me, this is just pure insanity. Pure insanity. We are going backwards in time. We are literally going backwards in time. It, it makes no sense how anybody thinks it's their right to tell a woman what to do with her body. I just don't get it. It's shocking because, like I said, like a lot, he got a lot of hate in his replies yeah. about this. Many of whom have been very quick, like of a lot of these conservatives have been very quick in the past to defend Barstool against its various controversies. Yeah. Do I think this opinion probably stems from self-interest? Like, yes. Probably. I think every single one of these opinions stems from self-interest. Yes. None of these men want to keep a baby. <laughs> not a single one of them. They do You're not. saying the quiet part out loud. No, no. <laughs> none of these men would ever want to keep a baby. I would love to see the receipts personally. I too. I want to know how many times Dave Portnoy has been to Planned Parenthood. <laughs> I want to see how much they have personally invested in Planned Parenthood, every single one of these men. But I respect that at least he spoke out about it when other people have not. Like I said, I see Elon Musk is very similar ideologically to him. These sort of personal freedom above all else types. Yeah. I don't think he said anything about this. The thing is that's important about this is that I think there's so much cultural shame that still exists around people talking about this. I think this is like why we are where we are with it because I think we we don't have a lot of people who who want to share their stories because they do get shamed for making this choice. I think that's from both sides. Like I think like men don't talk about it because they probably feel their own version of like shame or guilt or anger at like whatever situation they went through where they have done this and not as extreme as women do because women feel the brunt of this and are blamed and are seen as like kind of purveyors of victimizing both the men in the situation and the babies. But like, I, I think like for, I don't know, I think for them to sort of just be open about that, like I'm, I'm not shaming someone for paying for a Planned Parenthood bill in the situation, but I think it's important for men to talk about as much as women do. Yeah, absolutely. It's really important. And as you said earlier, nobody is really doing that right now, except for these fucking guys. Except for these guys. <laughs> except for these guys. All right, let's do the third one. Are you excited? <laughs> I'm so excited. So the last straight man to come out against Dobbs, the most clear cut example of the absolute worst person, you know, just made a good point is OJ Simpson, who (laughs) went on Twitter to defend a woman's right to choose. Well, it's my Twitter site, so it's my opinion. Let's start with Roe versus Wade. Uh, I thought it was a horrible decision. I think women should have the right to decide uh, uh, what happens uh, with their bodies, especially in cases of rape and um and incest when i tell you i screamed i don't even i think i said this to you at like four in the morning ej like i had woken up in the middle of the night and was like on tiktok and i saw someone had reposted this and i my entire body just was shaken to a core it's pretty shocking (laughs) it's pretty did you watch the full clip no I had seen enough. He leads with that, but then he goes on to immediately segue into a rant against transgender swimmers competing against cisgender swimmers. So he's kind of all over the place. A broken clock is right once a day. Like, that's Exactly. exactly what that is. Like, yeah, hit the right time, but then just immediately was wrong again. Did you did you know he had this Twitter? Yes. He has so many followers. Yeah, I knew about the Twitter because... I don't remember why it went viral originally, but I know at one point 
early in him having this Twitter, he started making videos about the rumors about Khloe Kardashian being his child, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I follow that closely. The thing is, I'm shocked that it still exists. Like, I, I think that's the funny thing about this Twitter is that it's still he's still posting his little videos to it. I mean, I guess the transgender stuff like is kind of on the borderline of like potentially like guideline violating behavior. But like what guidelines are? It's kind of like, you know, John Hinckley, the guy who tried to shoot Reagan. Yes. So we did a story a while ago about like his YouTube channel and how he's yeah. like monetizing his YouTube channel. Like, there's no reason for the people like that. Like, there's no rule saying people like that cannot be on the platform. My friend bought a painting from him. Is it good? No, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most terrifying things I've ever seen in my life. His his music, I kind of like his. I kind of like his voice. His music. <laughs> I haven't listened to the music, but I did see all the controversy around around the venue, around Market Hotel, I think, like canceling the show that he was going to do. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I, why did Market Hotel book this in the first place? It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like yeah. there's a difference between a guy setting up a YouTube channel and like making a piddling amount of money off of that and like a giant well-known venue, although it's not a giant venue, but like a well-known well venue. Known. Yeah. Yeah. Like a cool venue, too. If you live in New York, you know Market Hotel. I also thought that OJ was like a conservative because he used to be golf buddies with Trump. I, everyone was buddies with Trump. So that's a thing. That's true. Every but rich person knew Trump. He's turned on Trump. He was like, yeah. I, like I don't think he should have been president. He is accused Republicans of gaslighting Americans about January 6th. He's called out people for wearing MAGA hats. I mean, my guess is he hasn't thought very deeply about a lot of like these specific issues. But he has but thought deeply about the, a woman's right to choose. Appa- uh, deeply enough. Yeah. Because again, it's probably affected him. It, yes, it's probably a thing that he would also like to not lose. A lot so. of people have been saying that men need to come out and take a stand for reproductive rights. And they're right, because if these three guys did it, then there is no reason why your stupid boyfriend who does graphic design at Squarespace or whatever shouldn't. Yeah. Like literally the biggest loser in the world. Like just come out and say you're pro-abortion. Men, come out and talk about the abortion Venmos you've sent. We want to know. <laughs> abortion. Just say it. Just come out and say it. You know you sent the Venmo. Just be cool about it. Normalize it. It's fine. I want to see pics. I want to see screenies. I want to see what emojis you used. <laughs> Just be honest. Normalize it. Be a good person. And please donate to these abortion fund resources that we're going to link to in the episode description. Yeah. Donate to the resources and just don't be weird. Just come out and say it. (laughs) Support a woman's right to choose on something completely different. Honestly, I feel like this goes well with the internal shower trend. Because mm-hmm. I think it speaks to a lot of greater sort of health things. So I just want to point out that I'm usually a huge fan of reading or watching anything about what people do in a day. Like, I'm a really nosy bitch. And I love that. Like, I love Into the Gloss's Top Shelf. I love the Grub Street Food Diaries or Vogue's Beauty Secrets. Like, I really like to get a very mundane window into what people buy and do during the day. And then copy and absorb those things for my own life. And on TikTok, this is a pretty big part of the app's content. Everyone from influencers with millions of followers, people with just five likes per video, love to share mini diaries of mundane details about what they do. So what I eat in a day has become a particularly big trend out of that, where people share all the meals and snacks they consumed in like a mini mukbang type of fashion. So the writer Meredith Lynch has been doing deep dives into the article versions of what people eat in a day that are across many different kinds of food websites and also like fashion websites too, which we'll get into in a second. But there's a lot of sites that do this sort of like food diary type of content on their websites, which involves them interviewing a celebrity, any sort of public figure, executives, models, like actors, podcasters, things like that, where they ask them about what they do and eat in a day. And 
Meredith kind of points out some of the weirder ones that happened. And apparently her followers had been begging her to deep dive into one in particular, a 2013 Bon Appetit interview with designer Kelly Wurstler. So Kelly Wurstler is like an interior designer who's also like, I think, done some like fashion design, all this other stuff. And I see why everyone begged for it because it is very alarming. Y'all, one of you sent me the most disturbing what I eat in a day that I had to throw everything aside and make you this one. It comes to us from bonappetit.com, which is interesting because that's a platform about food and you will find there is almost no food in this. Let's get into it. EJ, did you watch or read this article? Yes, it's extremely, extremely depressing. It's super, super depressing. So again, this is 2013. I don't know how much Kelly's life has changed since 2013. I hope it has. I hope she has found something, a different something than whatever this is. So at this time, Kelly was attending every single day, seven days a week, a 5.30 a.m. Barry's Boot Camp class. Every single day. You do not need Barry's Boot Camp every single day. My personal opinion a very intense workout, but every single day at 5.30 a.m., that's how it starts. So Barry's boot camp is also like, you're doing very, very intense workout, but then she does not, she simply does not eat any solid food for most of the day. She drinks waters mixed with either plankton or cayenne pepper in them. She has a double non-fat macchiato. She does not crave solid food, she says, and she just juices. She says that she gets all of her energy from juicing all day, so she just drinks juices. The Bon Appetit writer is basically begging Kelly to tell them that she's eaten some type of solid food, but she doesn't have much beyond almonds and granola between all of her juices and her 30 meetings she says she has a day. And it's not until dinner that she finally sits down and has a real meal. Though even that combination of roast chicken and big salad sounds depressing, and apparently she has like the same like same whole wheat pizza from the same place every Friday is at her big like night out food. So like I said, I sometimes love these, especially when it's done by someone who really loves some good food and like has like a really like dynamic diet and like enjoys the act of eating. But more often than not, these food diaries tend to expose some of the more toxic elements and trends of our health obsessed culture that normalizes disordered eating patterns as a reliable way to either maintain or lose body fat, especially for women who are kind of sold this idea of what health and kind of maintenance looks like to be quote unquote beautiful or skinny or healthy in society. So it's really triggering. It's super triggering. It's very alarming. And it's reflective of how a couple months ago, TikTok became really obsessed with how harrowing Kelly Ripa's own food diary for Harper's Bazaar was. So this was from 2020. And Harper's Bazaar, not a food site or magazine, but it did this food diary blog that they had, a video series that they had, and Kelly Ripa had done one for it. And Meredith Lynch, again, had done a video takedown of this diet. So for Kelly, she said that she has no chewing food before taping her show. She just drinks liquids. And then her first chewable meal is almond butter and apples, which she calls a porridge. That is not a porridge. That is almond butter and apples. And then her lunch is microgreens with nuts. And then she snacks on more nuts, but never more than a handful. Sometimes she gets a little crazy and has a single chocolate covered almond. Single. Just one. Then for dinner, she has a smaller microgreen salad with tofu. And then she talked at length about how much she misses eating avocado toast, which it just, I don't know. I don't know. It just makes me sad, that entire diet. I used to work at a health magazine, and we had a lot of conversations. It was a men's health magazine. It was not a women's health, but we ran a lot of these stories, and we had a lot of conversations internally about, like, whether or not 
it's okay to run these type of stories. Because occasionally we'd get some and we'd have their, our nutritionists like vet them and they'd be like, this is bullshit. Like, this is not something that we should like advocate for our readers to be doing. And I feel like that's the big problem with these because you never know who's reading this. You never know who's vulnerable to you eating never disorders. Do. And this really like sets up a template for, you know, people who are vulnerable to eating disorders are going to read this and think that it's worth either replicating or they're going to feel bad about themselves because they fall short of it. Yeah. And again, this is why there is a huge difference when you read like a really good sort of Grub Street food diary that's sort of like just someone who like even if it's not a chef or someone who like engages with food in a way where that's their job like just someone who just like enjoys like eating like that's why you're doing this like you're talking about like none of these include eating really a lot of these are just about how much they don't eat and how much they kind of are intermittent fasting or not allowing themselves to have solid food which is not the point of of a series like this and so it kind of promotes this idea that by having less, you're sort of, I don't know, able to maintain or sustain some sort of body ideal that doesn't really exist and is not realistic for anyone. Personally, I don't look at either of these women, either of the Kellys, to have made any sort of... I feel like they're not the ones who are necessarily doing this to promote this to people. Like, this is just, like, the reality of how they've been taught and conditioned to look at their bodies and to eat food. Like, I don't think that they're doing this in a purposeful way to harm. And I don't think they realize that it's harmful to people who have had eating disorders or have horrible body image issues or are looking at this and it makes them feel bad about themselves. I think that they genuinely have been conditioned over years and years to look at food and look at eating as something that is meant to be, I don't know, just like relegated. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Kelly Worsler's was from 2013. And I feel like that is sort of the kind of not peak body positivity era. Like we're still kind of feeling the effects of decades of diet culture kind of leading to a point of macrobiotic diets, diets where you don't even like you don't eat starches or you like are either heavy on the protein or just do like nothing but juice. Kelly Ripa, of course, like coming up in a very specific era of Hollywood where the idea of being extremely, extremely skinny, like stick thin, like bone, like bone showing type of thin was the way that every single person from that era was conditioned to look at their bodies and to be a part of it. Like, I just think after a while, that's just your reality, like just the way that you look at things. And I think it's good that we have these dialogues now where nutritionists are pointing out how unhealthy these diets are. Like a lot of nutritionists really quickly hopped on TikTok and on YouTube to point out how awful and how much people should not be attempting. I mean, especially the Kelly Ripa diet because people, she's a more recognizable figure. People were like, do not do this diet. And there's also one where like Lori Harvey had posted her what I eat in a day. And she was talking about doing like a calorie deficit to lose weight. And her calorie deficit, I think was like under a thousand calories or something that she was eating per day. And a lot of nutritionists were like, do not do that. Do not do that to your body. Thankfully, I've been seeing less and less of these what I eat in a day type stories. Well, when you see them, people are eating like there are people are like having like full meals and it's about sort of like the joy of food and like kind of like engaging with it sometimes but there is sort of i think there was like a big controversy over this on tiktok like six or nine months ago like there is a subgenre of influencers it sort of overlaps with like the clean girl aesthetic yeah that we've been talking about a bunch just this idea of fitness influencers like just eating totally wholesome foods and waking up at 5 30 a.m to juice and stuff like there is sort of a subgenre of what i eat in the day videos that are like this 
like yeah. that do that do fall into the category of this is orthorexia basically like yeah. orthorexia being like an eating dis- a term for an eating disorder under the guise of eating healthily which is very much a thing thanks to social media but yeah. i have been seeing less and less of them thankfully and tiktok in particular has kind of been ostensibly cracking down on like intermittent fasting app ads and that sort of content like they have guidelines against them well i don't think they are i don't think they are (laughs) in theory they are no because my entire algorithm has changed because like i sort of like i've been doing sort of like more like weightlifting type of classes and stuff and like i've been like looking up videos and guides for that just because i was curious about it and like my entire algorithm changed and like now it's like people who are like here's how i lost like 300 pounds by intermittent fasting like literally like aggressively hitting not interested constantly yeah i was trying to be generous to say kind of insane how quickly it changed like i was like i just like want to look up like how do i use a kettlebell I mean, I'm I'm six and a half months pregnant and I'm getting weight loss content constantly. Yeah. And it's really, really wild. And like, especially because I started following like a lot more plus size influencers and just like for fashion stuff. It's just like really fucked up. My point was like TikTok ostensibly has these guidelines in place, but you're right. Like we shouldn't let them off the hook. Yeah. It's really bad. It's really bad on there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com podcast for your free trial monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Last week for Straight People, we did Straight People Gay Edition featuring Carly and Mercedes, two women who have been dating for two years and also are content creators at the handle Not Your Average Sisters on OnlyFans. The two recently went viral with a TikTok video that got more than 12 million views, which had the caption, when you find out two years into dating that your moms both slept with the same guy, indicating that they may be half sisters. But they haven't broken up, which has surprised a lot of their followers. Instead, they've since posted a number of videos suggesting that they're going to get a DNA test to try to definitively prove once and for all whether or not they are related. And their followers are eagerly awaiting the results. The video where they took the DNA test is from the 24th. And we are still waiting. Carly and Mercedes have since predictably gone viral and we had a bunch of questions for them. For starters, how did they learn they were potentially related in the first place? What did their moms think? And is this really like just all for clout as some of their followers have claimed? So we decided to have them on to tell us their story. So Carly and Mercedes, thanks so much for coming on. Don't let this flop. 
Thanks for having us. Thank you. Can you just quickly introduce yourselves? I'm Mercedes and I'm a content creator. And I'm Carly and I'm also a content creator. So how did you guys actually meet and start dating? Yeah, so we both were at a bar and it was in the summer and then there was kind of just like an instant attraction on both ends and I waited to like the end of the night and then I walked up to Carly and kind of started talking to her and then she invited me to an after party and then we went skinny dipping. And then, <laughs> yeah, we've kind of hung out every day since then. Before we get to what sort of the obvious big news story with you two is, what, did you ever have any inkling of any relation whatsoever? Like, did you think you two looked alike? Like, was there any sense of that over the over the course of dating? Absolutely not. We had no idea that we looked alike. And honestly, we still don't even see it. Not we, even a little bit. Like, yeah. not even a little bit. I think when we first started, like, getting those comments was when we started social media. And we didn't even start social media until, what, like, six months, maybe after yeah. we were dating or something like that. So that was kind of a big shock when we started our social media platforms and everyone was like, Oh my God, you guys look like twins. You guys look like sisters. You need to take a DNA test. And so yeah, it was right like, off the bat. Yeah. Like yeah. literally that was probably like how we even started going viral was because we were this couple that everyone thought were sisters. And <laughs> Even like when we're walking the streets in public, we'll get stopped all the time for people being like, oh my God, you guys are twins. Wow, you must be related. You're sisters. And we're like, no, we're just dating. Yeah. <laughs> Is so, that what the handle not your average sisters comes from? Yeah. And, oh. <laughs> and well, what's funny is that like a lot of articles that we've read have said that it was kind of like a grab to get people's attention after like changing our username to not your average sisters. But we've literally had that username since the beginning because yeah, everyone would call us sisters. Yeah. And also like one of our things like on YouTube and TikTok and all our platforms is we're very like open about talking about sex and talking about those like taboo subjects. And so we've always been very open about the fact that we like to role play as sisters and that is obviously something that hasn't happened since this news broke out. But before that, that is like primarily where the name came from. Yeah. You like to role play as sisters, like in your own relationship or in your content? No. Yeah. Like in our own relationship in the beginning, like but, that's all we talked about. And yeah, then, but now it's, it's hitting too close to home. <laughs> Can you walk us through how you realized you may be siblings? Yeah. So we were just having dinner at our house with our moms and we were all kind of talking and then they were talking about where they've been and like who they hung out with back in the day. Because we're all from the same hometown as well. So like it's a very small town. So yeah. it was like just making all these like weird connections. Yeah. And then they kind of just realized that they had known the same man, been with the same man. And then that's kind of how we were like, oh, like we never thought about it at first. We, were, we weren't like, oh my God, we could be related. Like we were just like, wow, what a small world. This is crazy. Yeah. We thought it was so funny. Like we honestly couldn't stop laughing about it. Like we were like, wow, this is just like the craziest coincidence, but we never took it that day as like, oh my God, we might be related. Like that wasn't even like the first thought yeah. in our mind at all. It was kind of just like us sitting, pondering, and then kind of putting pieces together and being like, this is weird. <laughs> the math's not mathing. Yeah. <laughs> Something's not right. So when did it shift for you two? Like when had either of you met this man before? Like was there, was it like either of your moms who sort of sparked the idea that maybe you should get a DNA test or look into this further? No, they didn't spark the idea. It was kind yeah. of us just like talking about it. It kept getting brought up because we thought it was so funny. And then we were like, everyone says we look alike. And even our face IDs work on our phone, which is insane. Yeah. But yeah, kind of just talking about it being like, wow, everyone tells us we should get a DNA test. Neither of our dads were really like in our lives. We never grew up with them. So it was just all so much coincidence that we were like, I don't know. Like, yeah. And yeah. like the 90s were a wild time and like 
timelines are a little bit foggy. So even once we've talked to our moms about this, because obviously we spoke to them about all of this before we ever like posted anything. And they were kind of just like, no, like we don't think that's how it is. But to us, we're just not convinced because there's just too many similarities. How did you actually figure out it was the same guy that your moms both slept with. That just seems like such an odd dinner table conversation I, well, to have. We're very open. Like our families are very open. Yeah. We're very open. Mm-hmm. We love talking about sex. We love talking about anything with our families and yeah. just a couple drinks. We kind of, it just came out like, yeah. I don't know. And like, it's not that weird to know the same people, like I said, because we are from the same hometown. So it was like they were hanging out at the same bars when they were younger. They're both like sort of around the same age and then groups of people like there's only a limited amount of places that you could go to in our area. So they just started throwing out names of like their friends and things like that. And it honestly just came out like it was so random. And of course, posting about this maybe discovery on TikTok is what's grabbed a lot of attention and (laughs) and people seeing this. I mean, first off, what do your, your moms think of this? Yeah, they definitely think it's crazy. I don't think they really understand the extent of it. Like the virality you know, like of it. Their yeah. generation is a little bit different. You know what I mean? So I don't think they fully grasp like what's happening. <laughs> I think they're just like, obviously happy for us that like people are like so interested in us and interested in our story, but they, yeah, I just don't think they understand the fully, extent yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> So why didn't you guys break up the moment you suspected you may be related? Were you not like squicked out by this? I think for us, like it's a lot to hear. We don't want to just like stop our relationship on something that could be a maybe. But also we weren't raised together. Like we don't have any sisterly feelings towards each other. And I feel like people kind of tend to forget that we have been in a relationship and in love for the last two years. So like hearing this information, it's hard to just kind of put a stop to that and pretend that real feelings aren't involved. We're in love. Our lives are so integrated. We work together. We live together. We spend all of our time together. Like we're best friends. We're obsessed with each other. So this information is like, it's hard to kind of just stop it right then and there because of something that is a possibility. And we're recording this on July 5th. So I, you haven't received the DNA test results yet, have you? Or no. So we've sent them off and the like, I believe we sent them off on like the 30th, the 30th I, think. I think is when we like actually put them in the mail and I've been checking every day and it's, I think it says that it was like delivered to the lab, but they still haven't started like processing it. So yeah, yeah these things do typically take like a few weeks. Have you started to plan for what version of results you, whatever version you get, the kind of 50-50 split of what can happen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is obviously something that affects our everyday lives. We literally talk about it nonstop every day. And we have like decided what we will do in terms of if the results come back positive, we're obviously hoping that they come back negative. But we do know what we're going to do. But we've just decided to keep that private until the results actually come in. Like, obviously, we know we've decided to share our story with the world. And so many people have so many opinions on it. And so many people have like so many things to say. But at the end of the day, like this is our lives. This is our real relationship. And so that's like the one thing that we are going to keep to ourselves just until the results come out. But the second the results come out, we will be like sharing it with everyone. So it's just our little, our little (laughs) private secret for now. I mean, I have to ask, like, is this for real? Because it seems like you guys are leaning into the controversy quite a bit. And it would be a pretty good, it'd be pretty good promotion for you guys 
to do this with the handle not your average sisters. Yeah, a lot of people have said that too. I don't think anyone really wants to be known for this. This is not like a positive thing. Like all the headlines are like, oh, girls who are dating could be related and deciding to stay together. Like we're being known for like incest yeah, that's at not this point. And it's not like we wanted to like. Yeah, th- this isn't like wholesome content. And also like we've had so many people reach out to us like asking to buy like exclusive rights to our videos and wanting to be the first to post when the results come out and at the end of the day like we did decide to share it online but it wasn't for this type of promotion like we obviously never expected it to go this viral but this is just something that is like part of us and it's part of our jobs and we just feel like everything that happens in our life we want to share on social media whether it be good or bad and so having people reach out and being like oh I want to buy you know, the rights to this video, we want to be the ones to leak it and announce it and whatever. Like, that's not why we started this. And we're not just like accepting money for people to make a story on us. Like this is our real lives at the end of the day. And so we just want to continue with what we're doing. And like, we obviously now have an obligation to share it with our followers. And it's not some sort of money grab. Why post about it then? Or why talk to us about it? (laughs) Well, this is our career. Like we decided and chose to put our lives on the internet we obviously put our whole lives on the internet we don't have many secrets on our youtube where we talk about everything under the sun we show our intimate lives on OnlyFans. like we don't hide anything so because we chose this as our career and as our job we feel like we have like an obligation to kind of tell our audience everything that's going on in our lives at the time have you seen a shift in audiences for youtube from this blowing up have you kind of seen a shift in sort of who is interacting with your content both tiktok OnlyFans, on any of your platforms Yes, absolutely. Like, obviously, there's been a lot more engagement, a lot more like interest. But surprisingly, there's been so many people who are like supporting us and saying so many positive and nice things. But there's also the other hand of a lot of hate. This is probably the most hate we've ever gotten. Yeah, it's, um, it's crazy. So yeah, there's that. But I'm pretty surprised on like the 50-50 of opinions. Yeah, like the amount of people that will DM us being like, even if the results are positive, just say that they're negative and like keep (laughs) living your life or like you guys aren't doing anything wrong. But then you also have people being like, you guys are sick, you need to break up. And like when this first started going viral, we would obviously get like a lot of like mentions and people like stitching and duetting our videos. And so many of them were like, obviously really hateful, like making fun of us, calling us disgusting. Like they're not nice at all. And then it's honestly really started to like take a toll on my mental health. So I just had to stop watching them because I know this is part of the job. Like you're going to get hate with anything that you post, but it was just an overwhelming amount of like negative energy. What's been the hardest part of this process for you guys? Probably like our like personal lives, you know, like behind the camera is the stuff that people don't see. And I guess even the idea of it being like a positive result, that's obviously very hard to think about because again, our lives are so integrated. Like it would be a complete 180. Yeah. And I think it would honestly be like really heartbreaking for us to find out if it is positive because like, obviously we have planned our whole future together. We have so many things that we want to do and like so many things like I mean adventures we want to go on and now it's like yeah it would just change our whole lives. Everything and yeah the thought of that or like the thought of possibly losing each other is really heartbreaking. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Well thank you. Thank you for having having us.
Welcome to Himbo of the Week, a celebration of all that is good and horny in the world. So this week, we're diverging from our usual brand of hot idiots. Instead, we want to crown an animated king as our himbo. That's right. It's Horace's turn. So who is Horace? You may be asking. If you are asking that, where have you been? So he is a (laughs) dancing, bald, orange figure that has recently taken over TikTok thanks to a popular new filter. You can add Horace to your video to dance with you and your friends, and he's just this small, bald figure, person, whatever. And Horace has been largely used as a stand-in for all the weird guys you meet out, like the old guy who buys you drinks at the bar then won't leave, or even your friend's little brother who wants to show off his new dance moves. More often than not, Horace is dancing perfectly in time to Drake's Feel No Ways, which I can't help but respect. So... Horace has a really interesting story, actually, and there was an article on Insider that talked a little bit about the background of the creation of Horace, who has become, I mean, incredibly, immensely popular on TikTok. I think they're over, like, 80 million videos using the filter. Horace was created by 23-year-old artist Jackson Quinn Gray, who designed Horace based off an elderly man who modeled for one of Jackson's sculpting classes. So Horace was originally rolled out on Facebook and Instagram as a filter, where he did moderately well. It kind of took off. It was used in a similar fashion. But that version of Horace, however, was completely naked and eventually removed for violating Facebook's nudity policy. Now Jackson sees Horace as fighting against censorship, which whatever, man, it's a filter. So I'll just keep on liking every (laughs) single post that comes my way because I find Horace kind of delightful. He's wonderful. He's not hot. to Horace. Yeah, but he's a himbo. But not all himbos need to be hot. Yeah. Sometimes he just has to have himbo energy. Sometimes you're just head empty and dancing away. (laughs) And that's okay. And that's a himbo thing to do. Absolutely. I bet Horace is also pro-choice. Hold on. You've been scrolling for way too long now. Maybe you should get some food, get some water. Thanks so much for listening to Don't Let This Flop. Please share this podcast with someone you love or someone you hate. Either way, we don't care which one. This podcast is brought to you by Rolling Stone and Cumulus Podcast Network, written and hosted by me, Brittany Spanos, and EJ Dixon. Executive produced by Jason Fine, Bridget Chelsea, and Elizabeth Garber-Paul, and produced by Jesse Cannon, with music by Brian DeMeglio.